Welcome to the Rankin Baptist Church Podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rankin Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, so we're reminded today about the importance of prayer. Leonard Ravenhill, well, that's the title, Touching Heaven and Changing Earth. Leonard Ravenhill said these words, he said, No man is greater than his prayer life. No man is greater than his prayer life. He said, the pastor who is not praying, is playing, the people who are not praying are straying. You know, if you want to achieve in life, you and I set the level at which we achieve things by our prayer life. So many people limit what they achieve in life to their earthly resources. You know, if you said to yourself, listen, I really would like to study further, but I don't have the money. What is the difference between your income and going to university? It's the prayers that you pray. And if you won't pray, you'll never see university. And so many things like that in life, we have impressed limited upon ourselves because we don't exercise our prayer. And prayer means life can be lived without limits. Amen. Life is fragile. We need to handle it with prayer. Some of the problems that we go through in life could have been avoided. They didn't have to discourage us if we would pray about those things in our lives. So the Christian who has not developed their prayer life has not even begun to experience the power of God. The person who doesn't take time to pray or plays around with prayer will never really know the power of God. Now here's the irony. Because we play, we don't understand the power of God. And because we don't understand the power of God, we seldom pray. We say prayer doesn't work. Well, it works if you work it. It works if you work it, like all things. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Everything ought to be covered in prayer. Why just have human touch to our lives when you can have a divine touch to your life? Why not just, why not... Not only let the doctor address the situation, but let God come and bless that situation. Why get up and go to work every day in your own strength when God can go to work with you? Why attempt to get somewhere in school, in life, on your own, when you can have God to advance you? So many Christians live life without power, because they live life without God, because they don't pray. But God has given us that ability to pray. Everyone has the ability to pray. Now that's what you're going to hear most people say. Most people are going to say, they're going to say, I can't pray. Ever said that? Ever said that I can't pray? You're lying. I didn't believe you. So why should you believe you? Don't believe you. Can you speak? 
Is prayer speaking to God? Can you pray? See, I was leading you on. Don't you say yes, 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 then. Nailed it. Okay, if you say I can't speak too nicely. Can you think nicely? Yes. Can God read your thoughts? Yes. Can you pray? Oh, there you did it again. Yes, I got you. You can pray. Don't ever say, I don't have the power in my life because I don't pray. I can't pray. You have to be honest with yourself and say, the reason there's no power in my life is I don't use the power that I already have. Amen? But if I will use the power, I will see what God has already given to me. So I like the concept of using life skills to design the life that you want to live. That's what we're talking about. Using skills to design the life that you want to live. And one of the skills that you and I must use is prayer. What do you want your life to be like? Well, if you've got certain ideas, some of them are really going to be beyond you. You can say, well, between my abilities and resources and achieving that, that's going to be my prayer gap. When the gap between where you're at and where you want to go to and get to is very big, then your prayer life needs to be very big. Otherwise, you will stay small. You must pray longer and harder and more fervently than the person who has a smaller need in that area. But there should be no difference between what a person who has many earthly resources has and a person who has few earthly resources. There should be no level difference in living because you can get there by praying. The only thing is we don't pray. So Psalm 115, 16 says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. It's a scripture you must memorize. You must meditate. Because it's talking about where you and I are at in this life and what our approach should be to life. The Bible says, He's given earth to you. He's given earth to you. He resides in the highest heaven, but humanity has earth. So what do you do with the earth that God has given. You're supposed to rule over it. Subdue it. You have a blessing. That's Genesis 1 and 2. Rule over. Put into place order. If I was going to say, rule over this area, rule over that, it means that you're going to dominate it. It's going to be under your control, isn't it? Now, how do you dominate things? You dominate it through prayer. You rule it through prayer. Too many Christians are a victim of circumstances and their prayers are, God, I'm in trouble again. Please help me get out of it. Why not pray, God, I don't want trouble there in the first place. Frantic prayers never built up anybody's faith. It'll just, it'll just make you feel that you have no control over the circumstances in your life if all you ever pray is, God help me, God bless me, God give me, God heal me. Do you understand? Why pray? God, the devil won't even have a good day in my life today. Instead of, oh God, the devil showed up again, get him out of here. Just say, devil, you're not even going to show up today. And this, what's the difference between me and the other Christians that you've been attacking all week long? 
is when you met me, you saw the shield of prayer was up. And you know that today is going to be a wasted day. And you're not so stupid as to try and attack the life of a Christian who has got their prayer life right. Amen? So let's get those prayer lives right. Prayer is one of those skills that is both an art and a skill. So when you think of art, you think of somebody that is naturally inclined to that. It just comes easy for them. Prayer comes easy for you as a Christian. It really does. Yes, it does. Stop that. Stop saying I can't pray. You're lying. And this is church. You mustn't lie in church. You must only be honest with yourself and say, I don't pray. But don't say I can't pray. And even if you fumble over your words, God can make sense out of our nonsense. And if we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will give us words. Alright, so you and I must be people who pray. So, if you think of an artist, an artist is kind of just using their natural ability. But then if they want to take their art to the next level, they've got to develop skill. Skill is something for which you've got to go and get educated about. So we had somebody who was in our church studying fine art. Fancy art. And she had to go to university to do a degree. But already before university, she could draw, she could do very well. But to take it to the next level, she had to go and study. Now that's a degree where you're not just going to do drawings and paint all day. There's a lot of theory. Such as which colors make which colors. What can you use to get this color more in and everything else that just makes my mind boggle. We bought a painting from her and uh, it was a woman praising. And then the woman had like a, what do you call it, lace trimming and it like stood out like a 3D and she said, hey pastor, you know I do that. You know how you get that right? Polyfiller. And she said, yes, I use polyfiller, then I painted over it, gave it a 3D dimension. So where did you learn that? At school. So you took your normal talent and you upgraded it. Why? By being taught. Yes. So you and I need to take the art ability, our natural ability to pray. We need to upskill it by learning how to pray. Then you will find that the people whose, whose prayer lives you may be impressed with will soon be reflected in your own prayer life. So what is the purpose of prayer? We talk about the purposes of prayer. What should we be praying about? Well, Jesus told us what we should be praying about, the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to read it one more time. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And if you do not forgive men, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. So what is God trying to teach us there are the things that you do with prayer. What are the things that you do with prayer? What should the content of our prayer be? Firstly, we should be acknowledging God, our Father in heaven. It speaks about a relationship. It speaks about spending time with God. 
Prayer is not about going and making requests. We should learn to have times of prayer where we literally say nothing. We just sit in God's presence. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know. You become aware by being quiet. Because God cannot communicate when our minds are fixed on other things. Namely, the need of the day. The most pressing, urgent thing that we feel is getting away from us. That you just sit in God's presence will bring peace in itself. Prayer is for communion. Communing with God. Now when you sit, God starts to reveal Himself to you. You know, a lot of the revelation of God will cancel your prayer request. The more you sit in God's presence, the less you make requests in prayer. The less you sit quietly in God's presence, the more you think you need to ask God to get things in your life. When you realize that God knows what you need before you ask, and another scripture says, before they ask, I will answer. He says over there, even before they start asking, I already answer. Do you know that about God? How would you know that? Sitting in His presence. Friday, I decided, listen, I haven't spent enough time. Friday afternoon with God. So I went in, closed the door, put the Bible down, and started to be in the presence of God. What came to me was the blood of Jesus. I didn't go in there with the thought of the blood of Jesus, but that's what came to me. Then the more I quieted down my mind, I started to see the blood of Jesus in heaven. And the blood of Jesus being taken through heaven. And the authority of the blood of Jesus. And how it manifests on earth. And what did I do? I didn't open up a Bible. I didn't say, please Jesus, show me more about the blood of Jesus. Your own blood. I just sat there and revelation came. When you leave that place, there is no doubt about the blood of Jesus because it was revealed to you. But spiritual truth cannot come unless we are quiet enough, still enough, focused enough for God to speak into our lives. But it's because we make prayer asking God, God, really, please, I just want to remind you that I'll get it out the way, then I'll be quiet. But we can't get through that. There can be no revelation. You don't have to pray as much as you think you need to pray. If you would take more time to sit in God's presence, you probably will find you'll ask God for less things. Because that's what prayer is. Then it's praise and worship. Hallowed be your name. It's not a word that we use regularly. It's to me, it means, may your name be made holy. Or another way of saying it is, may your name be honored. So what is Jesus saying? Because he taught us to pray. He said, honor God. And he said, the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. And then what Jesus taught them is, honor God. Praise God in your time of prayer. You know, the walls of Jericho didn't fall down because they threw arrows and they were big cannons. They, the walls in Jericho fell down in response to praise. Some of the problems that you and I experience in life are going to come because we praise. Now here's the thing. We think prayer is asking God and praise is singing. You and I must get that out of our mind. We mustn't compartmentalize what is prayer, when prayer starts, 
and it ends, and this is what praise looks like, and the one is different to the other. Praise is part of prayer. All prayer is time alone with God. All prayer is time alone with God. But when you're alone with God, you do different things. And the one is to sit in His presence. Another one is just to praise Him. When you praise God, you start to build up your spirit. You become strong in the spirit. You pray shorter prayers, and when you pray the simple prayer, you know, I prayed it, boom. It's like a missile, and when it lands on the devil, it's like a grenade that blossoms. Why? I'm just going to get power. You cannot go into the presence of God in prayer and leave untouched by the anointing. You cannot. So you need to go and get touched. You need your mind touched. You need your heart touched. You need the words that you speak touched. You need the, the way that you see touched. So take time to praise the Lord. How do you praise the Lord? You may not know what to do. But what you can do is you can say, listen, Lord, I'm in a time of prayer, but the time and the, the time that I'm going to spend is going to be in praise and worship. So you find a song that really speaks to you. And if that's the only song you want to use over and over and over, that's all you do. Those words will become real to you the more often that it's played in the background. That the king of my heart, the king of my heart, the king of my heart. You start to see God as the king. God, you rule over my heart. Why am I so afraid? You are the king of my heart. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Worry and anxiety. Doubt. What is happening? The Holy Spirit in our time of prayer is starting to minister to us. You cannot come away from an encounter with God untouched. And so we take time to worship the Lord. He says, pray for the day's needs. Give us our daily bread. Now you want, if you're on a low-carb diet... You're like, okay, I'm going to skip over that part. All right, I'm not allowed to ask for bread. You can ask for a salad, okay? It's not bread. Can you ask for jam? Can I have a little bit of jam with my bread? Yes, Lord, give me my daily, daily bread and jam. Do you like peanut butter? What is your favorite topping on bread, by the way? Some people, it's just like rama. Just give me thick rama. I like the taste of rama, Okay. God is not saying pray for prayer early. He says pray for anything that you may have need of. Anything that you don't have, but you know you're going to need in this day, this week, in this month, in this year. Pray about that thing. So if he says pray for bread, what is he, what is he saying? Ask me for bread and I will give you bread. So he says, ask me for the things that you have need of, and I will give you the things that you have need of. Don't help me get the stuff that I need. Give me the stuff that I'm not going to work for. Supply my need. Do it supernaturally. Did Jesus have a job? Did he earn money? No. But did he always have food? Yes. When the 4,000 men plus how many women and kids were all hungry, did he say, I don't have money? Or did he say, let's pray. 
Then he prayed and he said, Father, thank you for full baskets in my name. Amen. And he said, go and hand it out. And the disciples handed it out. And guess what happened? Boom, the prayer became a reality. Do you see? Don't let anything in life stop you. Just pray. Don't say it's difficult. Just say, I'm going to make it a matter of prayer. Leave the details to God. Don't complicate your own prayer life. Just leave the details to God. If you pray, there's nothing that God will deny you. Nothing. But the thing is, we don't pray. Therefore, we live without. So bread has to go to college. We've got to pay college fees. We've got to find accommodation. Preferably a little vehicle, because he's going to have to go back and forth. The college that he's at has a res, but the res is far away, and it's very pricey. So we could say, my, my son, you can't go this year. Your parents don't have enough money. And that would be the truth. But it's not the truth. Because it's not our responsibility to get the money. Jesus said, do you need money for tuition? Pray for it. Do you need a vehicle? Pray for it. But at the end of the year, the thing that you don't have, you will have because you prayed for it and you believed me for it. Do you understand? Do not put limitations. And that's why people don't accomplish things in life. Because they judge the need by their supply and they figure the gap is too big. But the gap between your supply and your need is your prayer request. It will get you there. Jesus said, you know, the father loves to give good things to his children. But you and I don't always believe that. We believe the father grudgingly gives stuff. We've got to beg. We may get it right. I may meet him in a good mood on a good day. No, 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 no. The Father will give you good things. And it makes him happy to see you happy. Amen. Just pray and never give up. He says over there, pray for the forgiveness of sins. Forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. How do you get rid of transgressions and sin? You simply pray. You're not the person that beats yourself up, makes your life miserable, walk around with a sad face to show God how sorry you are. No. You pray, you confess, you walk away. Boom. It's as short and as sweet as that. Now your heart towards that sin may change later, but the forgiveness happens immediately. The devil wants to keep you in a state of guilt and unforgiveness because it's easier for you to sin again when you sin once. But when you sinned once and you were forgiven, it's more difficult to get you to sin again. So do this. Whenever you sin, you ask God to forgive you and you say, thank you, Jesus. Because that's all required. Then you still need to be renewed in your mind in that area, but the forgiveness is there. Let the devil come and he finds you cleansed. But when you are feeling guilty and condemned, you're going to say, you know, I don't feel that I can do this. I feel I'm going to have to struggle with sin. And the devil is going to take advantage of that. So what do you do in prayer? You go and get rid of the pollution in life. 
You sit in God's presence and you're allowing to sift through your thoughts, your motives. Why do you really want that? What is there that you can argue with people about and justify and excuse in your life, but you can't justify and excuse before God? And so you've got to go there and allow the Lord to search you. So Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and see my and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Now you and I know when we start developing attitudes. When the entrance of sin is getting a little bit easier, the door is opening. You need to dip it in the bud right then and there. And say, God, I there really is no excuse for this. So I'm coming before you. I went in there deliberately. Your spirit did warn me. I decided I'm going to do it anyway. Not only did I do it, but I was stubborn and arrogant and mutzvillah and get that thing out of me. Make me holy. If you don't spend time in God's word and all of us mix around sinners, their attitude and the things that we do will pollute our lives. And then you will disqualify yourself for heaven. So Jesus said, go regularly, sit in the, Lord's, in the Father's presence and allow him to search you. That's one of the things. And maybe one of the times of your prayer with the Lord is going to be nothing else but, Lord, I want to check up. I want you to just check out what's happening in my heart and my head because I want to live a life free from the devils messing me up. Because half the thing the devil is going to do is sow a seed without you and I recognizing that the seed came from him. We're going to take ownership. It's my desire. Notice the desire of the devil, give it back to him. So prayer keeps us holy. Pray for the forgiveness. Pray for protection from the devil's strategies. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For years, if you were like me, King James, lead us not into temptation, we thought, God, don't tempt me. As though God's trying to try and trick us to do something to test whether our hearts are pure. It's not what it means. It means pray against the tempter. Who's the tempter? It's not God. The devil's title is tempter. Matthew chapter 4. Then the tempter came. Then the tempter left him. So what you and I have to pray is it's enough to deal with the desires that we have for those wrong things. Then we still have to put up with the devil who's intentionally trying to trick us. So you and I have to take time and we need to pray, Lord, the devil's strategies. I don't know what they are. I don't know what he's trying to do to this church in that person's life. But Lord, I want to stand against him. May we not be led into temptation. And in that day, there will be less temptation. You say, I don't, I don't want to struggle with it. I don't want to wait, awaken all things that I'm trying, that I've battled to get out of my life and done quite good. Why must I go back? I say, God, I don't want it. So the devil's strategies. Do you know that the devil designs things specifically to get you to fall? You know, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Satan has designed to sift you. You, plural, all the apostles, but I've prayed for you. I've interceded. And he says, Satan already got hold of Judas, but now he wants the rest of you. And I've prayed for you. I've interceded. And guess what? None of them fell away. Prayer stood. 
Do you have somebody that is struggling with sin and a strategy of the devil? Pray God shield them from the devil's attacks. Then pray protect us from the evil one. You know, your prayers are a shield around you. You can live a relatively carefree, comfortable life. And the devil, as much as he wants to attack you, can get nothing right. But it depends on your prayer life. Thou, O Lord, are a shield about me. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. If I sense the devil attacking, I say, my Lord, your word says, Psalm, arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Lord, your word says, strike the enemy on the mouth. Hit him in the teeth. And I, I pray that. I say, this, this attack is a two-way thing. And I guarantee you, I'm not always going to be on the receiving end. And so when the devil starts to get up to his nonsense, I say, I didn't know what you were doing. I saw the result. You won't know what I'm doing. You can't read my mind. But boy, oh boy, you're going to feel the effect. And I say, Lord, arise, O oh Lord. Attack the enemy. Strike them. Lord, your word says they'll come at me from one direction, but flee in seven. And then I get boldness and I start praying loud. I say, I hope that you're listening. I hope you're still hanging around. And I know you're not going to like what I'm going to say. Lord, strike them on the jaw. Is it biblical? Yes. Can you take it into the spiritual realm? Yes. You know, I've read of situations where somebody placed a curse on another person, sent a demon to attack them. Then the demon came back and attacked the person who sent them to attack the other person. Because when the demon found that person, they found a Christian. And the Christian fought back. Then the demon got upset and punished that person and says, How dare you send us to somebody who's attacking us back? These things are real. Don't worry about somebody playing a, placing a curse on you. You say, Okay, that's how it's going to be. I'm going to pray. You've got your Sangoma and I've got my God. You've got their little curses and their little pieces of mooty and bark and a piece of a flesh and a string. Oh my goodness, that is so silly. I've only got prayer. But you bring all of your mooty and all of your bones and your animal skins and the blood. And I'll just have the blood of Jesus Christ. And let's go to prayer. Let's go to battle. I doubt that you're going to stand after this. You're not going to want to mess with this Christian again. The Bible says, pray for protection so pray pray against the devil don't let him have his way in your life amen then he says walk in forgiveness if you forgive men when they sin against you you and i have to be clean before the lord to be in a right relationship with god we need to walk in right relationships with people and god is going to require humility of you in order to have your prayer answered amen you cannot just go about speaking to people and treating people the way you do, the way you want to, should I say, and hope that God is going to, God's going to say, huh, it's not how it works. You were rude, you were proud, you're going to apologize, then you come back and they will listen to your talk. I will listen, but not before. The Bible says, if you want to present your gift before the Father 
and you remember your brother has something against you, go and make right. Then come and offer your gift. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Why must you treat your wife like that? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. That's what he says. Husbands, you cannot just treat your wife in any way. By the way, wives, it applies the same. Any way you want, and then come to Jesus and say, Oh, Jesus, my boss is giving me a hard time. Jesus says, Yes. He's giving you a hard time, but I'm not listening. You gave your wife a hard time. Go and get that right. We understand? Walk in forgiveness. So what prayer will do, it will keep you humble. Because God will force you to obey His word. And He will tell you, don't come here with shortcuts. You want help all the time? Did you just live like you want to with other people? No. Obey me there, and I will listen to you. So prayer is also a skill. So... The disciples said to the Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, if they say, teach us to pray, what is the implication? Prayer can be studied, and if you study it, you can learn it. You'll be able to develop prayer in your life. What a couple of things we need to understand. First, prayer is spiritual communication through a physical body. Spiritual communication, my spirit prays, but I have to pray in a body, my body, right? So, Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, you and I carry within us the greatest hindrance to our prayers, and that is our physical body. Your physical body is the biggest hindrance to your prayer life. Because it wants to sleep. It wants to be entertained. It wants to chill. It wants to say like a little baby, pay attention to me. I don't want to pray. That's boring. Let's eat. Let's watch movies. Let's pray. Anything but that. You see? And all that is, it's what your body wants. But your spirit doesn't desire that. Your spirit really wants to pray. The problem is, if we keep on feeding the body, the body gets strengthened. So starve the body and feed the spirit. Part of the body or the flesh is your soul, your mind. So you find your thoughts all over the place. So we say, teach us to pray. One of the things you and I need to realize is you have to push through your physical limitations. So Jesus, in Matthew chapter 26, 43, two verses later, says, when he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So Jesus prayed, but he was just as tired. He was just as hungry, but he prayed, they fell asleep. So one of the things, if you're going to develop prayer, is to learn the tricks of getting your body out the way. The chances are very bad that if you lay and sleep, you're not going to pray. Oh, sorry. If you lay and try and pray, you're going to fall asleep. Isn't that right? Have you ever, at the end of the day, said, that's my quiet time? Put two and two together and say, I shouldn't pray when I'm at my tiredness. Hello, anybody home? Maybe I've got a couple of uh, minutes in the middle of the day, and that's when I should pray. Maybe I'm more up and at them in the beginning of the day, and that's when I should pray. What we say to our people often, and this is what I do sometimes when I pray, I realize if I, I want to spend, and I always put my watch down, 
I say, now you're going to pray for that number of time. I'm not going to pray until I feel like it. I feel like praying for 30 minutes. I feel like praying for an hour. I'm not going to stop praying till it come, when it comes to the end. When I realize I'm starting to do this, I may literally go take a nap. Take a quick nap. Why? The body is hindering me. Then come back. Be a little bit more alert, then pray, but get the time in. Otherwise, I'll get up, walk around a bit, get the blood flowing, get my mind focused, and then go back to pray. But I cannot say, oh, I was too tired to, die to pray. No. You have to learn the skill of prayer. And part of the skill of prayer is dominating your physical body. Because it can be a hindrance. But your body can also be a great ally. If you were to pray, and you pray forcefully and loud, and you walk around, you will find that very act brings a little bit of inspiration to pray. You, you become a little bit bold as you speak out. So use the body, know the skill of the spirit and the body working together to help you pray. Then prayer requires time, another part of the skill. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 5, 16. Just one chapter later, Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, spent the night praying to God. You know, if I'm going to pray for long, I have to pray consistently. Let's say I've, we've come out of the time of prayer and fasting. That's when our prayer lives are normally strong. If I was to set aside 45 minutes, half an hour every day to pray, it's easy. But as the weeks go and the weeks of prayer and fasting is further behind, to get to 20 minutes becomes harder. But if I want to push it back up from 20 minutes to 30 minutes, I have to push through that. The more you pray, the more you will make progression into levels of spirituality. You will go deeper, you'll get stronger. One pastor said, God led me to pray three days. I prayed 10 hours a day. It's when I got to the 10th hour that revelation came. God showed me visions. There were decisions. I was confused about the decision. In the 10th hour, for some reason, that's when spiritual revelation came. Just know how prayer works. Every one of us wants spiritual revelation. And we say to ourselves, why is it that God speaks to some people and he doesn't speak to others? They pray longer. It's as simple as that. Are they more spiritual? Are they closer to God? No. They've just pushed push through those initial times where our brain is still working. Do you understand? Establish routines and stick to them. Just the last two is Daniel 6.10. Daniel got down on his knees three times a day. He prayed to the Lord. It was his routine. Here's a principle for life, and it applies to all of life. It's not your talents that make you successful, it's your routines. It's not your talent that makes you successful in life, it's routine. It's your schedule. It's what you do and you plan to do that makes you successful. You can be the smartest person in the class who doesn't have a proper study schedule, and somebody who's less intelligent on paper, but more disciplined, will always beat you. And the same is true in your prayer life. If you want to be successful at prayer, simply establish a routine. And you don't break from that routine. And if you do break from that routine, you owe it to yourself to fix things up. 
So if one goes for a period and I've planned to do a minimum of X amount of praying and I've seen that I'm not getting, then I'll say to myself, well, brother, you just forfeited that evening's TV. You just lost it because you watched enough TV and so you've got to get back on track. And so I've got to bring myself back into check and I've got to say, this is the time to make up for the prayerlessness, get back on track and then get my routine going again. But that is all prayer is. It's being consistent. And then lastly, we understand that God always hears prayer. John 11, 41. They took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, what does the Bible say? He said, Lazarus, come forth. What did he do? Before he commanded Lazarus to come forward, he had just been praying to the Father. After he prayed to the Father, he said, Father, I know you heard me. So what I'm going to do now is not going to be embarrassing. I'm not going to speak to a rock and people say, this man's going crazy. He's talking to dead people. And so he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came. Why? The Father already heard him. I wonder what you would say about your situation if you be to the Father and you know the Father heard you. How you would speak about your life. I know that something in our lives will change. There's a man testifying. I was watching the video clip and he said he and his friend always go on motorbiking, off-road. They knew the trail for this Sunday on this particular day. His friend got ahead of him turned the corner and when he turned the corner behind his friend he saw his friend lying on the ground bleeding from the neck and then he saw that somebody had put a piece of wire across for whatever reason and his friend had ridden right into it and had cut in here Fortunately, his friend was still alive they got him to the hospital the doctor said I'm glad that you got him but we're not wanting to get your hopes up let us work on him all we can say is if we can save his life we're going to I can't give you any guarantee that he'll ever be able to talk again. It severed a lot of his vocal cord. And then we cannot say whether he'll ever be able to eat again. But we're going. The doctors went in. They were able to save his life. They said, the doctor said they came back with good news. We were able to save a part of his vocal cord. But it's still too early to tell whether he'll be able to talk again. They said, that's fine, doctor. We were praying while you were operating. And we're going to continue to pray. We believe he's going to speak again and he's going to eat again. And so they continued to pray. Three months later, he was able to talk. And eventually he got all of his speech back. Then he was able to speak normally. It was not the doctor's intervention. It was prayer that took the doctor's intervention to the level of complete healing. We deny ourselves because we pray. We don't pray. The things that you feel you don't have in your life because it's not God's will for you are simply things that you haven't prayed about. James says you do not have because you do not ask. It's as simple as that. Jesus says, little children, do you know that the Father is pleased to give you all things? Now there may be many things that you're praying for. Prodigal sons and daughters healing, salvation of a lost one. 
just peace in your home. Maybe you're just in a work environment and there's just a gel between your spirit and other people. You're working in an environment where there's... Maybe you're still trying to recover from a strategy. God says all of those things that we struggle with so often in life, He doesn't want to be part of our existence. But we must learn how to come before Him in prayer and make that part of our past. Amen. So I want to invite you to stand right now and start to pray with me. Can I ask you, start to pray. What is it that you really need God to break through in this area? I want you to know that you are contacting the supernatural now. God is not just a father. He's the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He is going to bring you your miracle. So ask him for a miracle. Is there a breakthrough in an area of need? Do you need to be delivered from a stronghold? Do you feel the enemies all over your life messing you around? Pray about those things. Let's come before the Lord right now in prayer. And so, Father, we go up into the heavenlies and we realize the blood of Jesus is there. And so I want to pray the blood of Jesus over every prayer request. Can I ask you to agree with me? Take the blood of Jesus and say, Lord, I apply the blood of Jesus to this thing. Let's pray. All we come before you in the blood with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for you to see Lord Jesus with your blood. I want to pray that your blood will make a way, that your blood will deliver, that your blood will break the yoke of the enemy. I want to pray, Father, that the blood will set the captive free, that the blood will bring supernatural provision. I want to pray, Lord, that your blood will bring about change of vision for the future, Father. I want to pray that your blood will do the miraculous in your people's lives. Father, we want to say that it's not another week we need to endure any problem in the name of Jesus right now because we pray and we walk away from that problem after we pray, Father, because it's been a burden laid before your throne. And the burden laid before your throne is not a burden for us to bear. Your word says, blessed be the name of the Lord who daily bears our burdens. And so, Father, we thank you for release of your people's love. I thank you for peace about the loved ones, Father. Thank you for peace about the future. I want to thank you, Father, that nothing shall be denied your children or your children's children or your children's children's children, Father. We are in a covenant of favor, blessing with you because you will do good to us. And we thank you for that. Now I want to pray. Let's just take a little bit of time and just for a moment pray against the work of the enemy. Lord, unveil every strategy of the enemy. And Lord, deny the enemy access to my life. Lord, break down the works of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray against the works of the enemy. And so, Father, I want to pray that you will discern and identify every work of the enemy in your people's lives right now. In the name of Jesus, I command the enemy, let you go. I say the blood of Jesus is against the enemy. The blood of Jesus is against the enemy. Father, I pray, arise now, O Lord, may the enemy be scattered. I want to pray that you'll strike the enemy on the teeth in the name of Jesus. I break off that yoke in the mighty name of Jesus. I break that yoke off your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I say to the enemy, be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we apply the blood of Jesus. Father, I want to come against people who think they're going crazy. If you right now, you feel you're being harassed by thoughts, your mind is not your own, you cannot stop thinking about certain things, it's just, it's eating away. Do you want to say that's the devil's work? That's the devil's work. Pray against it. Let's stand together. Father, I come 
against every controlling spirit that will not let people rest, that are harassing people, needs, needs and problems, worst case scenarios. In the name of Jesus, we command your mind be loosed. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now, I want us to take a bit of time and I want to pray for favor. We've been speaking about the importance of blessing our own lives. So I want to pray, ask that you will ask God for special favor in an area. I do not want God to meet a need. I want to ask you to, for God to give you far more than just what you need. An oversupply. Can you ask God in that area? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We pray for favor in the area of your people's lives, Father. I pray that you bless their marriages, fill their homes with joy and laughter. I pray for reconciliation in families. Let's pray. We're just practicing the sermon right now before we close. Let's pray. Pray for favor over your life. Father, I want to pray for those bills to be canceled, to be paid off before their due date in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for our children to receive good jobs, places of promotion, because your word says we'll be the head and not the tail, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, I come against every strategy designed for our children children to, to miss school, to fall out of school, not complete matric, Father. I come against those assignments. Father, we come against any assignment to introduce bad friends and influences into our children's lives. We bless our children with good friends, godly friends. We bless their ministry. We bless, Father, that we are able to instill in them a spiritual inheritance in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for joy to be our portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, if you like me, my prayer life could always use improvement. But we need to realize you have the capacity to pray. What we need to do is develop that skill and that discipline. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.